Hello. Let's hope this is turned on. Can you guys hear me okay? That's good. Um, so, oh, hello. Um, this is the part of the service where we're just going to take a few short moments to reflect on what Christmas means. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I find it very hard to follow the nativity. Um, that was quite an incredible uh, film. Uh, I think that probably will go on to win awards this year and quite nerve-wracking to be the person to follow it up. But let me begin by sharing with you a very famous poem. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads and Mama in her kerchief and me in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash to open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, oh Comet on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that fly before the wild hurricane, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the courses they flew with the sleigh of, full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pouring of each little hoof. And I drew in my head and was turning around down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He spoke not a word but went straight to work and filled all the stockings and then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod at the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle and away they flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. That is uh, often known as the night before Christmas, but I think its actual technical title is uh, Visit Before Christmas. And it is a poem that was published in 1823, and it tells the story of Christmas Eve when Santa came to visit a family and a father who woke up and saw what was happening. Santa is portrayed as a jolly little elf, so actually quite a small creature in this poem, who breaks into people's houses on Christmas Eve and leaves presents for their children. Okay? And we all love Santa. Okay? We all love this idea of someone breaking and entering once a year to give us some stuff. Okay? Everyone knows the legend of Santa Claus. It's in the movies, it's in films, it's in books, it's in songs that we sing. But I'm here to tell you today a little bit of the story behind the legend. Okay? I'm going to tell you today the true story of St. Nicholas, of Santa Claus. Because the true story of St. Nicholas does not begin at the North Pole. And it does not begin with elves. It really begins in Turkey on the 15th of March, 270 AD, when St. Nicholas was born. Now, he wasn't an elf. He was actually a bishop, uh, which is very, very far from an elf. 
Now, one day, St. Nick, before he was a bishop, when he was a young man, he found out that there were some people who lived nearby who were very, very poor. In fact, there was a man who had three daughters, and they were incredibly poor. They had no money at all. And back then, when you had no money, that meant you couldn't get married. And if you're a woman and you couldn't get married, you would be in trouble. Things were not going to go very well for you. Now, St. Nicholas was a generous man, and he saw this family, and he wanted to help them. But he was also a very humble man. And he didn't want people to know that he was helping them, and he didn't want them to know it was him, because he didn't want to have the thanks. He wanted to do it discreetly. So one night, he crept up to the house, and he popped through their window a bag full of coins, and it fell to the ground. And in the morning, it was discovered by the father, and the father realized that his oldest daughter could now get married. Then, when the time came, for the second daughter to get married, the same thing happened. Uh, some coins fell through the window at night, and the second daughter could get married. And then it happened a third time for the third daughter as well. But for the third daughter, the father knew that something was going on. He realized that you know, someone was being generous and wanted to get away without being known. So he decided to stay up at night and catch St. Nicholas. He is the first person who tried to catch Santa Claus. Okay. And he did, because he found St. Nicholas creeping through the, the, the streets up to his window and popping some gold coins through his window. And when he saw St. Nicholas, he recognized him because he was a well-known figure, and he fell down on his knees and he thanked him. He thanked him that his, his daughters were now able to live the lives they wanted. And St. Nicholas went to him and said, don't tell anyone about this. I don't want to do this for the, the publicity. Don't tell anyone, just keep this between me and you. Now, the very fact that I'm telling you this story today means that that father did not keep it between the two of them. But actually, it became a story that grew and grew and grew over the, over the generations. And this simple story of kindness, humility, and, and charity has become something incredible today. It's become the story of Santa Claus. Okay, it has inspired generosity today. We still give people things at Christmas. But the fact is that St. Nick did not give money so that he could become a legend. He didn't want to be a legend at all. He was not kind to the people around him so that we would think he was a jolly good chap and we would stick him on Coca-Cola truck adverts every year. That's not why he did it. St. Nicholas gave because he believed in his God and he believed his God was generous. He believed that God had given him wealth, given him money, so that he could give it away. He believed in a God who cared for the poor, for the weak, for the lonely, for those who couldn't help themselves. And he decided, I'm going to go and serve that God by giving money away. And this is actually just one of the many stories of generosity that accompany St. Nicholas's life. He was a man who gave things away. Because the fact is, to be a Christian is to believe in a God who is generous. And that is something we remember at Christmas time every year. We remember the generous God who gave us his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, was sent by God his Father as a gift to us. This is what it says in John 3:16 to 21. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his, own, his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. 
There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for the fears their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see what they, would, that they are doing, what God wants. St. Nicholas, um, in the third century, he gave gifts because he was inspired by the ultimate gift giver, God himself. And in that passage, we read that God gave his son to the world. The Christmas story is a story of generosity, of a father giving a son to the world because he loves the world that much. He gave us Jesus so that Jesus might live amongst us, so you might learn from Jesus, so you might be able to emulate the way that he lived his life and get to know him. He sent us Jesus so that Jesus could be God with us, God on earth. And that is the gift at Christmas time. But Jesus did not just come to teach us things and to show us how we can live. See, in the story of St. Nicholas, Nick gives a gift that has a purpose. The money was not given so the family might feel good. The money was given so that they might escape their poverty and their possible uh, slavery or all the negative consequences of having no money uh, 1,800 years ago. But the same is true with Christ. He was not just given so that we would feel good. He was given for a purpose. And verse 17 tells us what that purpose is. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God gave his son as a gift to the world so that his son might save the world. Christ did not come to condemn, to punish, to criticize, despite what lots of his followers tend to do. He came to save. He came ultimately to die, to die in our place, um, to die for all those who deserve God's anger because they've done something wrong. He came to swap places with us so that he might take our punishment and we might take his reward so that we could have eternal life. Now, there's lots of Christian words in what I just said. There's lots of uh, Bible quotes as well. And it can be quite hard to understand what that actually means. So let me just take one little phrase and explain it to you. I just said that Jesus came so that we could have eternal life. Now, my first thought when I think about eternal life is vampires, okay? Has anyone, like, watched, like, I feel like I'm showing my age, but actually I am quite young in this crowd. Um, <laughs> no offense. Twilight, right? Yeah? Twilight? Who here's watched some Twilight? I've read all the books. They're great. Uh, and Follow is currently rereading them. Um, those vampires live forever. But they live quite a sad life, to be honest, okay? It carries on, but all the humans they know die, and it's awful, okay? The second thing I think of when I think of endless life is I think about Lord of the Rings and the elves, okay? Those, like, you know, ethereal, um, angelic-like creatures with their blonde hair and their you know, silky voice that sort of live forever. And I think that's a quite lonely and cold way to look at everlasting life. And it's not what the Bible means. When we read eternal life in our Bible and we think, okay, Jesus came down at Christmas so we could have eternal life, we're not talking about the life of elves or vampires. We're talking about something different because what eternal life means in the Gospel of John 
is it means life that is everlasting because it is so abundant it can't stop. It is a life that is filled with joy and relationship with each other and God. That's so wonderful that death can't stop it. It's not just a long life, it's an eternal life. That's not reference purely to the quantity of the life, but the quality of it too. It is something incredible. And that is the result of the gift of Jesus at Christmas. That's what he came to tell us about. And this is a gift that is open to all. It says in that passage that God gave the world his son so that whoever believes might have eternal life. We believe in a generous God who gives us gifts. And that first Christmas was a gift given by God to man, the gift of God's son who would bring eternal life. Now, I have here an item. Now, this is a very common Christmassy item. Can anyone identify what this is for me? Yes? Chocolate coins, excellent. You can have them. There we are. Uh, nice catch. That is, if you didn't see it at the back, that was a really good catch. And it wasn't a good throw. Um, those Christmas coins were bought in a panic about an hour and 45 minutes ago um, from Aldi. Okay, cost 75p. You don't have to pay me back. Um, does anyone know why we give out chocolate coins at Christmas? Why is it a Christmassy thing? Yes? Exactly. I already told you all the answer. Okay? Because St. Nicholas put gold coins through the window. Okay? Now, when I was panicking earlier and trying to buy a chocolate coins, I did buy that bag, but I also bought another 114 bags, which are just sitting there. Okay? And after the service, I'm going to give out those bags to you. But as I give them to you... Or um, I don't want you to just go away and eat all the chocolate, okay? Um, that's what I will do, but you don't have to, you're not allowed to do that, okay? For every single coin that you eat, I want you to give one away to someone else. So every coin you eat, you have to give one away to someone else. The reason for that is because as you give that away, I want you to remember the generosity of Christmas. Remember St. Nicholas and how he used those coins to help other people, but also remember Christ who came at Christmas as a gift to us. So we've got loads of coins down there. I'll give them away at the end of the service rather than right now. Um, but as you, as you eat one, give one away, and remember the generosity of God, who sent his son at Christmas time to live amongst us and ultimately to die for us. Let me quickly pray for you, and then the band's going to take over again, I believe. Father, we thank you for Christmas time. We thank you for the joy of seeing family and friends. We thank you for uh, the time of, of happiness and thanksgiving that it is. The ability to sing songs and to have time off. But Lord, there is more to Christmas than that. There is also the story of generosity. The generosity that we can have for each other, but also the generosity that you, our Father, have for us. How you care for us and how you sent your son 2,000 years ago to live amongst us. And may we be a generous people in response. In Jesus' name, amen.